Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Welcome to the postseason San Francisco Giants. What are some big questions heading into week two in the NFL? Plus, how do the Titans fix their offense? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. If you bet the Giants to be the first team in baseball to clinch a playoff spot, you probably are somewhere on a beach right now spending whatever crazy amount of money you made doing that. But that is, in fact, the case. And it's not just that they were the first team to clinch. They are on a hot streak. They've won nine of their last 10 coming into the game on Tuesday night. Joining me now from Locked on Giants, uh, Ben Kaswick. And Ben, this is a team that we have talked about. You've come on the show a number of times, and I'm always like, oh, they're doing this. It's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. But what is it about how they've been playing lately that has allowed them to overcome some lulls that he, that can hit teams here and there, especially in this long season. Yeah, it's been incredible how consistent they've been. They've had over a 600 winning percentage in each and every month. And through the month of August, that was the only time they've ever done that in their history. And they're on pace to do it in September as well. So they've not only been great, but they've just been consistently great. And right now it's been offense. They've scored six or more runs in I think eight consecutive games. Yeah, they've won eight in a row and they've scored six or more in all eight of those games, which is the longest streak of six or more runs in franchise history. So this team just, they're not just like playing well, they're playing historically well. They may win the most games they've ever won in San Francisco Giants history. They may break the home run record that was set in a year when Barry Bonds hit 73 of them. So uh, as we get towards the end here, just they're starting to pile up some records. In terms of, prognosticating, I still think when you think about the the favorites, the Giants are just sort of like, okay, this is a, this is a nice story. They're going to go to the playoffs, but there are these other teams with these marquee talents. So what is it about this team that will allow them to overcome whatever deficiencies they have with star power? Cause they've been, they've been able to do it through, you know, 140 plus games here. I think their preparation is second to none. They have an underrated coaching staff that, prepares them on each and every night to face that particular opponent. And they know what the pitchers are going to throw. They have a special pitching machine that prepares them for exactly the type of angle the pitches are going to be coming to them mm. at the, the same speeds and angles. So they prepare like they're going to face that pitcher and then they go out and hammer them like they have been doing that all season long uh people sleep on them literally every single it's very normal for the giants to get slept on and that's the same exact thing happened in 10 12 and 14 and i would say that this team is better than any of those teams and uh the preparation like i said is just going to put them in a good position they they match up well against everybody because they have like a, a lineup that they feature when there's a lefty on the mound and they have a completely different lineup that they feature when there's a righty on the mound. So they're always having uh, the platoon advantage. And then on the pitching side, they've got some really underrated arms like Kevin Gosman, who they've helped turn into one of the best pitchers in the game. And he kind of came from uh, having a career of mostly mediocrity and failure to be honest, and he comes to the Giants and becomes like an ace. And so they have a really strong ability to get the most out of their players. And 
I wouldn't, you know, baseball fans know this, like insider people know this. You don't really want to face this team in the postseason, even though kind of some people might think they would be a more easy opponent. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey, your new home for music news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, what are some big questions heading into week two in the NFL? Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Rockets and John Wall have agreed to work together in an attempt to find a trade destination for the veteran point guard as the franchise is committed to moving forward with Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green as its starting backcourt. The commitment to the 20-year-old Porter and 18-year-old Green leaves Wall, a five-time All-Star who was traded to Houston in the Russell Westbrook deal last year without a starting role. Wall is due $91.7 million over the next two seasons, not a typo, including a player option for $47.4 million in 2022-23, a contract that makes attempting to trade him extremely difficult. The NFL Players Association determined Josh Gordon has successfully completed his NFL monitored treatment program and has recommended to the league he be reinstated. Gordon is awaiting final approval from the NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, but he is vaccinated against COVID-19 and is said to be ready to play. The NFL suspended Gordon indefinitely in December 2019 for his violations of its policies on substance abuse and performance-enhancing substances. This was Gordon's sixth suspension since the 2013 season and his fifth for some form of substance abuse. The U.S. Soccer Federation announced on Tuesday that it has offered the respective players' unions for the U.S. women's national team and U.S. men's side identical proposals for a new collective bargaining agreement. In the statement, the USSF says this proposal will ensure that the U.S. women's national team and the U.S. men's national team players remain among the highest paid senior national team players in the world while providing a revenue sharing structure that would allow all parties to begin anew and share collectively in the opportunity that combined investment in the future of U.S. soccer will deliver over the course of a new CBA. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag. If you're already over week one, I am. Then week two lines are here. The news of Ryan Fitzpatrick's injury didn't move the line for Washington all that much. They were four-point favorites against the Giants on Thursday night. Now, three and a half. The Texans made the Jaguars look bad in week one, but they are now 12 and a half point underdogs against the Browns, who let a win slip away against the Chiefs. And the 49ers almost let the Lions come all the way back to win in week one, but they lost Raheem Mostert in the process, and they are three and a half point favorites against the Eagles, who embarrassed the Falcons in week one. For all your football gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for a 100% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. Week one in the NFL was great, but it's time to flip the script to week two. And there are some big questions for some teams. The Cleveland Browns almost had the win against the Kansas City Chiefs. What questions did they need to answer to get a win in week two against the Texans? This is Jeff Lloyd, host of Locked On Browns, with your Cleveland Browns biggest question heading into week two as the Browns have their home opener against the Houston Texans. 
I think the biggest thing for the Cleveland Browns this week is going to be focus. Um, you're going to have a lot of effects of the hangover dealing with the fact that you had Kansas City on the ropes Sunday in a game the Browns probably should have won. The Browns cannot lose their focus. They cannot dwell on Sunday's transgressions, which caused them to lose a game. They probably should have won and be sitting at 1-0 right now. Houston Texans are coming to town, uh, a team that did win this past Sunday, but with not much aspirations whatsoever for the 2021 season. The Browns need to take Sunday's transgressions, the mistakes they made, and fuel it into being their best version of themselves Sunday against the Houston Texans. The defense, let's look for a little bit more growth here in week two. Not all bad, as many people want to blame in week one. Some of it understandable with the fact that you were debuting a brand new defense almost all the way across the board. So understandable there were some hiccups. Let's look for a stronger effort there. Offensively, keep it going. Uh, some nice work from David Njoku, rookie Anthony Schwartz. The running backs had a nice day. Uh, let's just maybe, if we can do one thing, Coach Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns, all gas, no break. The Atlanta Falcons might have the most questions to answer of just about anyone. After an embarrassing loss to the Eagles in week one, they have the task of taking on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending champs. The biggest question facing the Atlanta Falcons after their week one loss centers on their offensive line. I'm Aaron Freeman with Locked on Falcons. The Falcons only gave up three sacks in their loss to the Eagles in week one by a score of 32 to six, which is a relatively small amount given that we've seen past Falcons offensive lines give up eight or more sacks in a game. But it was clear despite the box score that the Falcons offensive line was clearly overmatched. Rookie left guard Jalen Mayfield was credited with giving up two of those sacks with his fellow first year starter in center Matt Hennessy giving up the other one. Things won't get any easier for the Falcons as in week two, they face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their past four outings against the Bucs. Matt Ryan has been sacked a combined 16 times. Will the Falcons make a change at left guard this week? Mayfield is technically their backup behind injured starter Josh Andrews, who is currently on IR and thus will miss at least two more weeks. The team did pick up ex-Browns left guard Kobe Gossett off of waiver wire during final cuts. Gossett does seem like a better fit up front, but the team could decide to stick with Mayfield for another week. If the Falcons offensive line can't turn things around and make significant gains going into week two, it's hard to see how this Falcons offense can get back on track. The Denver Broncos look good in their week one win against the New York Giants, but it was the Giants, so you get it. What's the biggest difference for them heading into week two against Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars? By the way, not any better. The biggest key for the Denver Broncos heading into week two against the Jacksonville Jaguars has a lot to do with depth. I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos, and this is the biggest key for the Denver Broncos heading into their Week 2 matchup against Jacksonville, who's coming off of a loss in the right. The Broncos coming off of a victory to open up the season against the New York Giants. It's really going to be about depth. Who's going to be the wide receiver that will step up behind Jerry Judy, who went down with an ankle injury and is expected to be out four to six weeks in terms of his timeline? We'll keep an eye on Tim Patrick and keep an eye on K.J. Handler as two wide receivers that the Broncos plan to use within the rotation to get a heavy dosage of a lot of those reps that Jerry Judy will be missing with his injury. Coming up, how do the Titans fix this offense? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, makers of the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's something that I have all the time. 
all the time. I have it in the morning sometimes as a breakfast replacement. If I don't have time, I have a toddler. I don't always have time to make myself food. I have it in the afternoon sometimes when I didn't have time to have very much for lunch. We are all busy and we all still want to have something that tastes delicious and is good for us. And that's the great thing about Built Bar. Not only do they taste great, they're high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. Right now, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off on your order at Built.com. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. For as good as the Arizona Cardinals looked in a 38-13 win over the Tennessee Titans, the Titans looked that bad. The offense looked discombobulated, resembling not even a little bit the offense that we had seen over the last few years with Arthur Smith in Tennessee. And the defense, turns out, not fixed. Joining me now from Locked on Titans, Tyler Rowland and and Ty, uh, as you were watching this game, which of the deficiencies and there they were myriad stood out to you the most? Well, I, I think, and I have to be honest, I know that it looked really bad, but we know from covering the sport for, you know, overreactions in week one are plenty as well. Yeah. There's a myriad of those. So I, I would say that while the Titans defense was never going to be a good defense this year, I don't think it's quite as terrible. The offense really screwed the Titans defense in this game, and all of the issues on offense boil down to the offensive line. Multi-time Pro Bowler Taylor Lewan got a clown suit put on him by Chandler mm. Jones. Now, here's what I do want to say. Taylor Lewan is recovering from a torn ACL. We saw a guy like Ronnie Stanley, who's a very good left tackle for the Ravens, have more pressures allowed in that one game than he had all of last year recovering from an ACL tear. So there's a lot of guys who struggle during that. But either way, if LeWan's out there, he's expected to not completely let the offense go off track. And you saw the performance from Chandler Jones, and the majority of that came against Taylor LeWan. And when you're paying a guy that kind of money, you can't have him be the reason that your entire offense unravels in week one. So that's where the real concerns come from is, is Taylor LeWan, Jeff Swaim, who's a tight end, but an extension of the offensive line. The Titans' offensive line got dismantled by the Cardinals, and it ruined the entire game for him. We do have to talk about the defense, though, because I actually do think the offensive part of this was more surprising because we knew the yes. defense would probably take its lumps. True. How does this get better for Tennessee? Because they did bring in some players to try and supplement mm-hmm. what was there. Well, I think out of all of the concerns coming out of week one, uh, one of the big ones that I think is actually legitimate is the concern about the money that the Titans spent on those new free agents on the defensive line. You bring in a guy like Danico Autry for $7 million, and he plays less snaps than an undrafted free agent from last year in Tyre Tart and a fifth-round draft pick from last year, Lorel Murchison. If you're paying a guy $7 million, he better play more snaps and have a bigger impact than two guys who were drafted late in the draft or undrafted at all. That's the number one thing. And then Bud Dupree, I have to be honest, that was a signing I was skeptical of from the jump. This isn't hindsight. I was worried about Bud Dupree coming off an ACL himself, getting $16.5 million guaranteed over the next two years. He was a guy who I think mostly benefited from the surrounding talent in Pittsburgh. He was maybe the fourth best pass rusher on that team, and all of the attention went to other guys. So when you expect Bud Dupree to be your superstar and open up everything else for everyone else, and he's just maybe not that guy. Now, he can improve. He's coming off the ACL as well. But doesn't that factor into why did you give a guy so much money 
if you know that the first half of, they only gave him two years of guaranteed money. And if the first half of one of those years, he's going to be compromised athletically because of recovery. Well, then didn't you waste 8 million out of the, you know, 34 million that you gave him guaranteed. So I think that those are concerns. The pass rush was supposed to get the money this year, and that was going to help the Titans be better. And if the two big free agent prizes on the defensive line aren't going to live up to their contracts, well, then the Titans defense is going to be right back in the same place it was last year with just more money in the front than the back and still no pressure and still no production. And finally, a new rule in the NFL allows teams to turn down media requests from opposing team media for head coaches. And Urban Meyer is taking advantage of it this week as the Jags are making him unavailable to Broncos media. Coincidence that the USC job just happens to be available? Makes you think. Makes you think. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe whenever you get your podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, whatever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Thursday, we get you ready for New York versus Washington. And is it time for Justin Fields in Chicago already? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.